If your team got guaranteed money, tell them call me. Whoop. Make me say, my, my, my. I done been around the world. Yeah, I was made for this. Player Performance with J.A. Cavalier. Welcome to Player Performance. I am J.A. Cavalier, the most respected figure in sports gambling. NFL Week 16, all you need to know, giving you the edge needed to beat the book. But first, let's recap Week 15 with Tessa Hall. Back it up. One more time. All right, let's see that again. NFL Week 15 recap. Justin Herbert made sure the house didn't win and took care of the Raiders in Vegas. Josh Allen for MVP? Maybe not, but he continues to kill defenses. The Packers are on a roll and on the hunt for the top seed in the NFC after another win. Someone tell the Texans to apply more stick to their gloves. They literally fumbled away another game at the goal line to the Colts. The Titans flexed their muscle, and Derrick Henry got a little closer to 2,000 after downing the Lions. David Montgomery is a madman but not as mad as the Vikings who dropped their second straight. Washington was so close to another Seattle upset, but Haskins is no Alex Smith and they fell short. The Patriots not in the playoff? Yep, it must be 2020. The Dolphins ended their postseason hopes and kept their playoff spot intact. The Ravens did a cruel thing. You aren't supposed to beat up on pathetic teams, but they never got the memo and cruised past Jacksonville. Super Bowl 51 flashbacks? Tom Brady down double digits just to come back and upset the Falcons? That sounds about right. Texas is back! Not the Longhorns, but the Cowboys, after they kept their playoff hopes alive against San Fran. Philly tried to make it hurts, but were unsuccessful as Kyler outran Jalen for a big win in the NFC. The Jets won! but also lost the first overall pick for the time being. Bittersweet, isn't it? Drew Brees is back, but the Chiefs still made him look like a beaten old man with their ninth straight loss. Baker mania is legit, and the Browns have 10 wins and are on the hunt for the playoffs. The Steelers are free-fallen, and it doesn't look like they're getting up. Thank you, Tessa, and happy holidays to you. Now we bring in Big Mike the Mush. Mike, happy holidays to you and your family. Happy holidays to you also, Jay, and thanks again for the gift cards for the kids. They're going to enjoy that at Amazon. They love their Santa calf during this time of the year. That's right. My my name has changed. I am now going to be referred to as Santa Cavalier, and that's going to happen every December, every year moving forward. Just call me Santa Cav. Um, I actually like that name. And full transparency, I have the beard, you know, put on a little weight due to COVID, so I could fit right into costume right now. I mean, matter of fact, and now that I'm like three, four drinks deep, I probably take on the prototypical or what would be considered the prototypical, like Macy's Santa Claus, smelling like alcohol, a, a little chubby, you know what I'm saying, full beard. Um, I think I'm there. Being a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, the question is, the question I have is, what's in your glass? Ah, uh, Jim Beam and Coke. I've been sipping the naughty eggnog all day. Actually, it's pretty good. I, you know what? I, I, I've never had this before, and now I can't put it. <laughs> he's <sighs> he's gargling. <laughs> hey, Mike, remember, spit, don't swallow. <laughs> now, as always, we give it away on this show. Last week, six and two, all picks and leans. Those were my picks. Mike, of course, got crushed on this show. Mike decided to take the Seattle Seahawks and go against me, paying the bookmaker. Michael also leaned with the Green Bay Packers. I leaned the other way, again, paying his bookmaker. Now, this week, though, we're doing a little bit of something extra. We're going to do this extra extra for all listeners. True Christmas spirit. We're giving away $3,000 later in this show. 15 lucky listeners are going to win $200 Amazon gift cards. That's why they call me Santa Cavs. 
All right, so here we go. Let's spread some holiday cheer all aboard. The money train is pulling out right into NFL Week 16. We are locked. We are loaded. We are ready to roll. Let's get this money. Minnesota at New Orleans. New Orleans minus seven. The total is 52. Hey, Jay, does having Drew Brees back give you a little confidence in the Saints to cover, or does it make you a little nervous? So if my two choices are Drew Brees or Taysom Hill, the obvious answer is Drew Brees. Brees just returned from injury. He missed a significant amount of time. You had to expect some rust. Now, every week, the Saints are going to get better moving forward as Drew Brees gets more acclimated to game speed. Back-to-back losses for the Saints isn't overly concerning because you lost with a backup quarterback, and then you lost with a rusty Drew Brees against the Chiefs. That's a difficult matchup, even if Drew's at his best. Their defense actually played well in that game. They played well enough to win. The issue was... They were on the field what seemed like the entire game. I'm way more concerned about the Minnesota Viking two-game skid. Two straight losses, but they looked awful beating the Jaguars prior to that. They're now 0-5, last five against the book. Also, this isn't a favorable matchup for Minnesota either. The Vikings rely heavily on Dalvin Cook. Saints defense is ranked fourth against the run. On paper, this is a game where I really like New Orleans. The Vikings are giving up the eighth most passing yards in the league, and Drew Brees is now getting healthy. I like the New Orleans Saints in this. I think the Saints will stop their skid. Eileen Saints, not in love with the seven, but the Saints come marching in and cash the ticket. Tampa Bay at Detroit. Tampa Bay is minus eight. The total is 53 and a half. The Bucs haven't uh, looked overly impressive in two straight weeks, despite getting wins. But the W's is what counts. Could this be a trap game against the Detroit Lions? Here's the thing. I'm not sure you can ever call the Detroit Lions a trap game. But I do see where you're going with this, and the short answer is no. When a team is so lopsided on one side of the ball, as Detroit is from offense to defense, Falcons offense to defense, the Denver Broncos defense to offense, that usually doesn't translate to wins. However, these teams usually fare well against the number, usually due to inflated prices. Eight is a really heavy number to lay to a quality offensive football team, especially on the road. Tampa hasn't been overly impressive. They needed a million missed kicks to beat Minnesota, a miracle to beat Atlanta, who put up over 369 yards on their defense. From a talent standpoint, Tampa has one of the best offenses ever assembled, but the coaching staff has done a terrible job managing that talent. It may just take more time to gel, of course, but I see this game very much as I seen Detroit-Tennessee last week. We went over the posted total in that game. I like the over here as well. The over is 6-2 and two in Detroit's last eight games. Both offenses can score. The Lions defense ranks dead last in scoring. This game should fly over the posted total. Lean heavy over. And I think I'm with you on that. I think uh, Tampa Bay, they need to get a defense. But I think Brady, when he plays in the second half of this game, like he did in the second half of last week, I, I think they put up at least 35, 40. So I might lead I might lead Tampa Bay and the over. Well, no shit. Tampa Bay's chalk, so of course you're leading Tampa Bay. <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as I win. John Q public strikes again. JQ. <laughs> Not to be misconstrued with GQ. San Francisco at St. Louis. Arizona minus three and a half. The total is 49. Jay, is this 49ers team capable of a late season win? Or has the relocation in the last three weeks taken the wind out of their sails? However, in this game, though, don't forget, they're playing at uh, their home stadium now. Saturday night, parlay of the year. Love the game. Love the total. I have the parlay winner. 
Guys, get to whylose.com right now. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E.com. Go to the football section. So it's whylose.com forward slash football. Get the game. Get the total. Get the Paul A winner on whylose.com. The entire football season right now, just $99. You get all of college football, all of the NFL. That's bowls, playoffs, Super Bowl, all included, just $99. Whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E.com. Three point spread winners posted daily on whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E.com. Dolphins at the Raiders. Miami at Las Vegas. Miami minus two and a half. The total is 47 and a half. Hey, Jay, is uh, two and a half a bargain to jump on and jump in right now on it? Carr is out. Ruggs is out. Renfro is beat up. Their best corner and both safeties are out. Last week, we said they were free falling fast. Now you can absolutely just stick a fork in this team. Last week, I told you to hammer the Miami Dolphins laying the two and a half. I seen that as a value play. I see this as equal value. 11 and three against the spread. Miami's covered nine of their last 10 games. The Dolphins have been the best bet in the NFL this entire season. So I think you take a flyer on this team just based on the numbers alone. Now factor in how beat up the Raiders are. Miami also has the better coach, better defense. Yes, Tua threw an interception last week, but for the most part does not turn the ball over. And Raiders are also 28th in takeaways. I stress that because this feels like a spot where the Dolphins would have to beat themselves to lose. Two and a half should be an easy number to cover for the Finns. My prediction here is Miami 28, Raiders 21. I'm with you on Miami. I think Miami gets the cover here. They win at least by three. The one thing I listen, the one issue I do have with this game, and here's the thing, is Mariota's kind of like the X factor for the Raiders right now. See, all you've ever heard Gruden do is talk up Mariota and how much he loves this kid. And then, of course, the first chance to get him he made sure that he got him in the offseason and brought him in. It, it almost feels like this is something that that Gruden actually, I don't want to say wanted to happen because you don't want your starting quarterback to go down. You don't want anybody to get hurt. However, this is almost like a dream scenario for John Gruden. Now he gets to put Mariota in, a kid who he's absolutely in love with. Do you kind of feel like like Mariota maybe can turn the tide on this? See, I like the Dolphins. Well, well here, here, here's the reason, yes, on Mariota. Because, first of all, you know, in his contract, he gets a win. He gets $125,000. There's enough money to play for right there. Well, he does. And you know what? The bonus the bonus obviously would be, in, uh, be enough. And the Dolphins do have a tendency to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. So that's the one thing I really do want to see. Listen, I leaned on the Dolphins in this game. I still lean on the Dolphins in this game. But when you're handicapping a game, you want to look at it from all perspectives. The one, the one true X factor, the one thing, and the one, the one thing that you really can't tell is there's not enough tape on Mariota in Gruden's system to really give you a full idea of, of what this offense can do, or, or if this offense could do anything at all. You saw him come in, but coming in late in a game after you, the starter has been hurt is is really different than actually starting the football game. Carolina at Washington. Washington's minus two and a half. The total is 44 and a half. Jay, what are the keys here for Washington to cover this number? The Panthers aren't great, but, you know, eight and six against the book, that's pretty good. Washington has six wins. Carolina has four wins. And one of these teams is in first place. If that isn't the year 2020 for you, I'm not sure what is. Now, I've been riding Washington for weeks. Took them last week against Seattle. You, of course, love Seattle. We know how that worked out for you. Um, they, of course, stayed inside the number. Washington, that is. 
Now, I expected them to beat Seattle outright. I actually said the wrong team was favored. Still, they covered, making it five straight against the number. Washington actually had a bad draw last week. They had to start Dwayne Haskins. And you know I'm not big on Dwayne Haskins. But they're expected to get back Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson this week. However, both are still listed as questionable. This is a different team when Alex Smith is under center. I will make my final decision on this game closer to game time. It's a no play for me if Haskins goes. Listen, Haskins has talent but just has not progressed. I'm not a fan. Very strong lean on Washington with Alex Smith. So if Alex Smith gets to start, I will probably load up on Washington in this game. However, what I would do is I would lock in the under 45 right now. I see this as a more typical NFC East type of game as opposed to the game that the Carolina Panthers want to play, which is going to be more of a shootout. I like Washington lean with Alex Smith. I also lean under the posted total in this game. I'm with you on this one again. Washington needs the win in this game, and I am JQ public, and I think the public's going to be all over this game also. A couple things here. Not sure exactly what Haskins is thinking of going to the strip club. Now, you see, here's the, here's the biggest issue with this is not only is Alex Smith questionable, but now because of this, he's questionable, right? So now, you, now you're looking at a third string while you're in a playoff race. That's what's scary about this. Now, look, I understand that these guys are young kids with a lot of money, and they want to go out. They want a ball. They want a party, and, and especially after he just got – you know, he just got the play. Now, I'm not I'm not big on Haskins to begin with, and I've said this consistently. I think the kid has crazy arm talent, but I don't see the progression in him. The issue that I have, we have young children. I mean, we have young adults as, as children. So, so I, I mean, I kind of understand that not everything they do makes sense, and it's not going to make sense. And I also can't say if I was in this situation at that age, that I would make any better decisions. Oh, I'm. Uh, you know what? That is so true. I mean, I'm not taking that. I mean, but but being a professional ball player and having money on the line and, and and being in a position to get to playoffs, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different. You have to mature a little bit in that aspect, though. I mean, that comes with being an NFL player. Mike, it's easy to sit here at 40 plus and say that you have to be more mature. Thanks, thanks for that compliment. I'm 50 plus, almost 60. Well, I'm just <laughs> making a point. When you're in your 20s and you're, you have millions of dollars, and you, you know what? Are you making the same decisions that you're going to make at 40? Of course not. And it's easy to look in on it and say, you idiot. But at the same time, you know what? I can't for sure say what I would do if I was in this situation. I might have been writing the strip club with them. I'm not going to say you and me both because that will just put me in fire again this week. Chicago at Jacksonville. Chicago's minus seven and a half. The total is 46 and a half. Jay, there isn't much confidence in Jacksonville winning this game, but do you trust Chicago has enough here to cover? So, Mike, the Jaguars just got spanked by your Baltimore Ravens team last week, but it actually felt more like a win for the Jaguars. The Jaguars are now in control of the first overall pick. Trevor Lawrence is a perfect fit for what Jacksonville wants to accomplish offensively. Now, I said I didn't like Trevor in New York, but I love Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, so don't fuck this up. And the good news for Jaguar fans, they're playing a hungry Bears team. Chicago should be able to help you guys move closer to your new quarterback. The Bears have covered just two of their last six games, but it's been the last two that they've covered scoring almost 70 points in those two games. Now, this team on the offensive side of the ball has been rejuvenated, and it's been equal parts Trubisky and David Montgomery. 
They face a Jacksonville defense that has been fucking atrocious. 30th in rushing and scoring, dead last in total yards. I do, however, have an issue laying seven and a half points on the road. Don't forget, for as good as this Bears team has been on the offensive side of the ball as of late, it's hard to ignore Chicago's lack of success in this spot. And in this spot, as a favorite, the Bears are 0-5 against the number as a chalk. So both teams are playing for something here, right? Chicago has a slim shot at the playoffs. The Jaguars, of course, for a golden-haired quarterback. The Bears should be able to handle business on Sunday. I would lean Chicago laying seven and a half. I prefer this game in a two-team teaser or a two-team money line parlay. Obviously, I'm not going to take the Bears' money line. That line's up to like 350, 360. So I think there's more value in a two-team teaser, Chicago on the front end of that teaser, or just lean on the Bears, but be cautious with that. That seven and a half could kill you. That hook could kill you. So like I said, I lean Chicago. I'll lean Chicago lane to seven and a half. Prefer this in the front end of a two-team teaser. This is a game I'm just going to stay totally far away from because I, it's hard enough for me to win. <laughs> Honestly, I actually thought this would be a game that you would absolutely love the Bears. I don't like the hook on there, and I don't, I don't care about taking it to seven. And, you know, here's the thing. What do the Bears really have to play for? I mean, well, they, listen, they do. They do have a slim shot in yeah, the playoff spot. Fucking slim left town. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it's a stretch. It's about a, it's about as much of a shot as the Philadelphia Eagles have of hitting the playoffs. But the point is, is that it's there. And so they do have something to play for. And of course, Mitch Trubisky is playing for a starting job. You know, so there's something there, isn't there? I just don't I don't think that they have it. I think the Jaguars will come out. But then again, are the Jaguars going to tank? And if people want to sit here and tell me that they don't tank, please don't even go there. What do you mean they tank? They just fucking beat the Rams outright. That was called sarcasm, my oh. friend. <laughs> come on, Santa Gav. That actually went right over my head. So, <laughs> But Mike, see, see, you know what the problem is? Is you're so square sometimes. I expect you to say things like that and actually mean it. <laughs> That's what JQ Public would do. Cleveland in New York. Cleveland minus nine and a half. The total is 47 and a half. AJ, is nine and a half too big of a number here? Or uh, should we assume that the Jets are the Jets? Hey, Mush, watch out. The New York Jets are on fire. TV Al is going fucking crazy. They have now won one of their last one. And they've never looked better. Okay, so attaboy this week goes to the New York Jets. The entire team restored our face in the game and shut up all talks of tanking. Thinking a professional athlete is going to tank is ridiculous. Thinking that a guy like Frank Gore is going to go out, hit turf, and not compete. Like what, Sam Donald is going to go out, lose on purpose just to be replaced? Guys, forget Trevor Lawrence. Forget Fields. They need what may be the best NFL prospect at his position in years. Penai Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, the dude is a beast. Offensive tackle isn't going to be a sexy draft pick. But it may be the most important spot on the field. You have to protect your investment. Okay, so the Browns come in now winning five of their last six games. Hottest topic in the NFL next to the Buffalo Bills. But unlike the Buffalo Bills, they still have a lot of work to do. They have two meaningful games left. And though the Jets appear to be a soft spot for them, we all seen what can happen in the NFL when you look past the team. Rams got caught napping last week. Is this another spot for the Jets? 
I mean, Jets have covered four of their last six games. Nine and a half is really kind of about right. It's right where the number should be for this game. But I'm not going to lay nine and a half on the road with Cleveland. This would normally, for me, be a Baker fade moment. But, and if you listen to this show, you know there's always a but. I'm not going to go against this kid right now, especially not with a team that's 30th against the pass. Mayfield has over 1,200 yards passing, 10 touchdowns during this win streak. I will, however, lean under the posted total. The under is 7-3 last 10 Jet games. The Browns also played the under as a chalk, so they're 4-1 last five games as a chalk under the posted total. 47 is a big number. I see a sloppy game that the Browns should be able to pull out. Listen, if this gets into a shootout, which Sam Darnold is capable of, this could be a very dangerous spot for Cleveland with Pittsburgh on deck. So I'm not going to touch the game itself. I will, however, lean under the posted total. Well, JJJJ, you know where I'm going here. I am taking Cleveland minus the nine and a half, and I'm getting back everything that I dropped on the Rams last week. Why? Because the Jets had their Super Bowl last week, and they're out partying, playing, and all that. Cleveland, they will win this game. They win it by 21 or more. I don't care what you have to say. I am JQ Public, and I'm bent hell in on this one. The one thing in your favor with this particular game is this actually falls just under my rule because the line's nine and a half, right? So it's not actually a double-digit spread. So I actually don't have any problem with you laying the nine and a half with, with the Browns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Well, that's the reason I went with it because I didn't have to lay double digits. But I, I'm, I'm also going to say, and I'm going to go on record with this, if I was going to play a side, and that's that's if, I'm, I'm, I'm as of right now at least, I'm not going to. I would actually really have to strongly consider the Jets. Oh, my God. If I was going to play a side in this game, I would play the Flyboys. I would absolutely take the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 take the nine and a half, which I actually feel will probably be closer to 11, maybe 12 points by game time. So I'm going to catch double digits with the Jets. I guess this is a team that covers spreads. They're four of their last six covering. So I'm not, I don't have a problem taking the Jets. Actually, I would feel a hell of a lot better with the Jets and 10 points than I would laying double digits with the Cleveland Browns, especially with Pittsburgh on deck. I'm not laying double digits. I'm laying nine yeah, and a half. Yeah, but we both know when game time comes, Cleveland will not be laying nine and a half. That game will be 10, 10 and a half. Maybe even 11. Look, if I don't win this game, I'm going to sit here naked next week doing the show. But the only person that affects is me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, then, then, then you'll be rooting for me, won't you? Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Indianapolis minus one and a half. The total is 44 and a half. Jay, are you giving up hope on the Steelers uh, team after three straight losses? This, uh, Seems like a brutal game for them to cover in. Any given Sunday, right? Or, or in this case, Monday night. Now, I argue that the Jets were not the biggest upset week 15. I actually argue that it was, in fact, the Cincinnati Bagels. You see, the Rams are fine, right? For the Rams, last week kind of meant nothing. The division for LA is going to be won or lost in the final two weeks of the season. They play Seattle this week and Arizona in the finale. So Rams had also won four of their last five prior to the Jets' loss. The Steelers, the Steelers were desperate for a win, and they were playing a team where they should be able to name the final score on. Now, you can accept the loss to a good Washington football team, and getting beat up on the road to the Buffalo Bills is understandable. 
But there's no excuse for what happened on Monday night. The lack of fire, the lack of effort, and the lack of heart was embarrassing. See, I watched LeBron James quit on the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs against the Boston Celtics. And this was right before he took his talents to South Beach. As a sports fan, I got the same feeling from the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. You have Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on teams' logos. He, of course, ended up getting lit up, but Pittsburgh is in serious danger right now of losing their division. You know, remember, this is a team that was once 11-0. They were rolling. Defense was the best in the league. And now they've dropped three straight. The defense isn't playing well, but it doesn't matter if the defense plays well because you can't win if you can't score points. And Big Ben has failed to reach 20 in four straight weeks. Now, this team also hasn't covered a point spread since NFL Week 11. And now they have to take on the Colts. See, the Indianapolis Colts might be the team that we thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were. The Colts rank 11 overall in scoring defense, fifth against the run. On top of that, the Colts have the best turnover defense in the NFL. And Big Ben has been a turnover machine, turning it over in his last five games. Colts have now won three straight. Their offense has turned it on. They're averaging over 35 points a game their last four games. Now, I don't like this soft spread. This number feels like it should be closer to four, four and a half. With the line this far off, I would normally play on the side of Vegas. But based on the Pittsburgh Steelers' performance the last three, three weeks, I don't feel comfortable backing them. So I am going to lean a very reluctant Indianapolis Colts. Jay, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I mean, I like I like the lean on the Colts also, but I'm a little different on the way the line is. I mean, the the lines makers right now are telling me Indianapolis minus one and a half. I truly believe, and I know you you said that Indianapolis should be a little bit higher, but I actually believe that the line should be Pittsburgh minus two and a half, maybe three. So we're in a little conflict on that. Well, now if both teams came in winning but losing close games. I would agree that Pittsburgh would probably be favored at home, but these two teams are, are actually treading in opposite directions. And the, the Colts don't just look better. They, they look like a, a completely different football team. Matter of fact, it looks like it looks like the Indianapolis Colts are coming in to play the New York Jets. <laughs> I'm not trying to harp on the Jets. And listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not, you know what? <laughs> I, I just really thought of the first team that came to mind that was really bad. You know what? But like, that's what this feels like. It feels like the, the Indianapolis Colts are coming in to play the Jets and they're laying one and a half. Because if you actually looked and you watched, and I know you did, you watched the football game on Monday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers looked worse than the fucking Jets. Actually, the Pittsburgh... Oh, I agree. Oh, terrible, terrible. And, and I'll go back to what you said. J.J. Schuster, a couple plays, they handed him his ass because of what he did on the field before the game. And very rightfully so. They should have just beat him into the ground. Why is he painting a target on his own back? I don't understand that. You play in a get-hit position. You understand? It's not like you... It's not like... You're a defensive back. It's not like you can avoid taking hits. You're a wide receiver. Every time a ball is coming your way, you're in a position to get hit. You're you're in, you're in a take a hit position. Yeah. Why are you painting a target on your back? It's stupid. It is stupid. First off, why try to disrespect the team for fucking TikTok? Really? Like like that's what these these videos are supposed to be. These <laughs> videos are being cut. Is that what it was on TikTok? You're, you're actually cutting these videos. <laughs> And you're doing this to your pregame for fucking TikTok. And you're painting this big-ass target on your back. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. These guys want to take your head off on every play to begin with. And now you're giving them a reason to. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. 
Denver at Los Angeles. Chargers are minus three. The total is 48 and a half. Jay, both these teams allow an average of over 27 points a game and combined for 61 the last time they played each other. Is 48 and a half too low for this game? Yeah, this line is also soft, but this line is actually soft in a good way. This line is actually soft in an early Christmas present sort of a way. So the Chargers offense has cooled off a little bit and Denver is always hit or miss. But we know what happens when these two teams get together. They score points. We had the tape of what happened last time they played this season. Over 30 by both teams. Herbert had a damn near quarterback rating of 121 last week. Drew Locke has thrown seven touchdowns over the last three weeks. So Denver's offense is actually picking it up. The over is 8-3 and three LA's last 11. And two of the last three meetings between these two teams have gone over to post the total. But what I really like about the over in this game, LA can't stop the run. And a fully healthy Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay should be enough to keep the Chargers guessing on defense. My prediction in this game, Chargers 31, Denver Broncos 28. Los Angeles at Seattle. Seattle minus two. The total is 47 and a half. Hey, Jay, are you going to be looking at the total or the spread in this divisional game? The Rams didn't get embarrassed on the scoreboard, right? It wasn't like they got blown out. But being win number one for an 0-13 team is kind of embarrassing. I mean, you don't want to be that team. You don't want to be the first win for an 0-13 team. But it does beg the question. I mean, were the Rams looking past the Jets to Seattle? In my opinion, the answer is absolutely. I mean, this is soup to nuts, the biggest game of the season for both teams. Winner pretty much takes the division. I actually believe all three teams from this division get in. But division title, home playoff game is on the line. I mean, bigger for Seattle than it is for the Rams. Seahawks 6-1 and one at home. Always a tough place to play. One of the strongest home field advantages in the league. And it's not just the crowd, but traveling is also a factor when going to Seattle. And with the dub, the Rams leap the Seahawks. Finish with Arizona at home next week. Seahawks go to Arizona next week to play the 49ers. I, I get it. That's still confusing. But remember, the 49ers are playing in Arizona because they were pretty much evicted from San Francisco. NFC West, AFC North, absolute must-watch TV these final two weeks. All right, so listen. You don't trust your exes. You don't trust used car salesmen. And you don't trust divisional spreads. What do these three things have in common? These are three things that never have your best interests in mind. You know, tune in, watch the game, but trust what you know. These two teams always play each other tight. And the Seahawks are infamous for weird finishes. And the one thing I know for a fact is that the Rams come in with an elite defense, second in rushing, first in both passing and total yards. Seattle's defense has also stepped up. The combination of Dunlap and Adams has made a world of difference. This is a team that went from bottom in scoring defense to 15th, giving up 17 to the Eagles and Giants, 3 to the Jets, and 15 to the Washington football team. All of those games staying under the posted total. 47 and a half is a huge number for two defenses playing well. I mean, two defenses playing as well as these two defenses are. I think defenses will rule the day, lean under the posted total. Jay, I'm going double-fisted all in. Seattle minus the two. I think they win this game by double digits. <laughs> Russell Wilson puts up uh, four TDs throwing the ball. <laughs> What say you on that? Double-fisted is what you were last Sunday. First, I fisted you with, with, with Washington over Seattle. I mean, matter of fact, you tried to call me out on the show. 
Russell Wilson's going to put up five touchdowns. Seattle's going to win the game 35 to 10. Jay, you don't know what you're talking about. I told you you were going to once again pay your bookmaker while I cashed the ticket. I cashed the ticket. You paid your bookmaker. <laughs> the second fist came later in the day. Hey, look. I, <laughs> you late, where you laid 17 I, 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 I had a with the, with the Los I had a couple miscues. <laughs> I don't have as much uh, of an issue with you taking Seattle as I do with you talking about being double fisted, but <laughs> but like I said, I'm I'm leaning under the posted total. I wouldn't be surprised um, either way if the Rams end up or, or Seattle wins wins this game. I think this is going to be that one game that you really actually want to tune in for. <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, you know what? Because I'm double fisting it. Philadelphia at Dallas. Philadelphia minus one and a half. The total is 49. Jay, these offenses have been really bad most of the season, but the last two weeks, we've seen an explosion of points from both offenses. Are you considering the over here? So low key, this has actually become a compelling game, right? I mean, it's really not the East if it doesn't come down to the final week of the season. Cowboys play the Eagles, and then they play the Giants. Eagles play the Cowboys, and then they play Washington. If the Cowboys win both and get the Eagles win over Washington, Cowboys are in. See, Washington has the head-to-head over Dallas. Dallas, as of now, has the head-to-head over New York. And New York has the head-to-head over Washington. So the East was pretty dormant for most of the season. But these last two weeks have made this race interesting. And trust me, the NFL wants the Dallas Cowboys on everybody's tongue at all times. And Andy Dalton's been lighting it up the last two weeks. But of course, that was against the Cincinnati Bengals and a Niners team that's kind of waving the white flag on the 2020 season. I mean, no team wants 2020 to end more than the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in a situation like this, I would take over the posted total. And there are plenty of numbers that support that. You know, the Eagles were mostly an under team for most of the season, but that's because Carson Wentz couldn't score points. With Jalen Hurts starting, the over is hitting two straight, and the Eagles are averaging 25 points a game. But I'm actually going to lean Philadelphia here, much to the chagrin of my friends over at the Ticket Dallas Sports Radio. I'm 7-1 the last two years when fading the Cowboys. See, problem for me, Dallas can't stop the run. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders have combined for 348 rushing yards the last two weeks. Dalton's going to have to throw a ton trying to keep pace with Philadelphia. I expect Philly to apply pressure, and I trust the secondary of the Eagles way more than I do the Cowboys. I think the NFC East drama ends this week. Philly ends the Cowboys season. Ravens end the Giants season. Washington wins if Smith starts. Of course, the key to that game is Alex Smith. And next week becomes meaningless for the NFC East. Jay, I'm, I'm leaning. I like the over in this game. I think the over 49 is the play that I, I, I'm going to be doing. I think they're going to score 55, 60, 65 points in the game. What's your, what's your opinion of that? Um, you know, listen, like I said, the numbers do support the over. I just think there's a stronger lean on Philadelphia. For me, it's really the run game of Philadelphia and the fact that Dallas cannot stop the run. I, I'm not opposed to taking the over. However, like I said, I just feel a much stronger lean on the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, I'm, I'm going with my Dallas, my Dallas Cowboy fade. And of course, over the last two years, I'm 7-1 going against the Dallas Cowboys. Well, very good. Let's have a great week this week. And now it's time for Not For Nothing. Not For Nothing. With TV Al. Hello, sports fans. This is TV Al from New York, New York. New York City. New York City. Let's talk about my teams. Ho, ho, ho. To all you fans, 
Not for nothing. Christmas present went down the shitter for the Jets. Merry Christmas, Jacksonville. And not for nothing, I thought old Henry was a candy bar, not a running back. Hey, Tennessee, hats off to you guys. And not for nothing, how about the Mayfields and the McCoys? Mayfield was thrown bullets. I mean, more like BBs. Not for nothing, 10 wins for the Brownies? Great, baby. Monday Night Football. Big Ben was in action. Looked more like a Timex Mickey Mouse watch. Tomlin, you better get your act together, because looks like you might be out too. Hey, Big Mike. Not for nothing. Was the night before game time. And Big Mike was about to make his pick. I mean, the mush was about to make his pick. All of a sudden, came running one. Came running all to hear what was said. See it all. Seattle. Seattle. By five TDs, he said. All of a sudden, a bang, a boom. You can hear them all running. Running to their bookies to make the call. Washington. Washington, Washington, they said. Hey, Big Mike, Merry Christmas, Mr. Mush. And by the way, what do you like today? New York, I still love you. The overall thoughts of TVL do not represent player performance. In fact, disregard all of what is said and our apologies in advance. Okay, so guys, this year more than ever, we had to come together as a unit. And I think we learned a lot about ourselves. And maybe we learned even more about others. We watched first responders risking not only their lives, but the lives of their families to help our loved ones during a pandemic. This is something that hits home for me. My mother being a nurse at New York Presbyterian during the height of the New York pandemic. See, she recently retired, but not a day went by that I didn't worry. We dealt with the world as we know it come to a complete stop. And during this holiday year, things get mixed up. Priorities are not always in order. Many are going to be asking the questions, I wonder what I got. I wonder what I got for Christmas. Which is fine, of course, if you're a child. The question we should all be asking ourselves is, what did we give this year? What did we share this year? It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be mere materialistic. You could donate your time. And sometimes your presence is, in fact, the present. Now, I ask this question of you because I ask this question of myself on a weekly basis. And I always strive to be better. I have absolutely dominated the sports gambling business for over 20 years, but I still strive to be better. I also want to be a better person. I want to be a better man. Sponsoring food banks during the pandemic, the giveaways you've all seen for me over and over on social media, I believe in paying it forward. So let's pay it forward. I am giving away $3,000 on Christmas Eve. And no, I'm not giving away $3,000 to one person. I am giving away 15 $200 Amazon gift cards. Now, to enter is simple. You must be 18 and over to enter. And guys, if you don't need the money, don't enter the contest, please. Let's help those who really need it. I would really like to provide a Christmas and help those who have children. I know the joy it brings me to make my children happy. I would like to help you do the same for your kids. So here it is. Remember, and this is important, the code is pay it forward. DM me on Instagram at J underscore A underscore Cavalier. Use the code pay it forward. So all you have to do is DM me on Instagram at J underscore A underscore Cavalier and just use the code pay it forward. What I want you to do is tell me what you will be using the card for. 
Tell me exactly what you will be using the gift cards for. That's all. And I'm going to pick 15 winners on Instagram, 10 p.m. Christmas Eve. So I'm actually taking time out of my Christmas Eve time away from my family to give and to help yours. That's our show for this week. This has been Player Performance NFL Week 16. For Tessa Hall, TV Al, Big Mike the Mush, I am J.A. Cavalier. Join us next week as we preview NFL Week 17. Guys, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope everyone gets what they want, but more important, I hope everyone gets what they need. Day, week, month, and season packages available on whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E dot com.